Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. All right, welcome, welcome to The Heart, y'all. My name is Dominic Insinius. I'm the leader here at The Heart. And uh, man, I'm excited for you guys to be here uh, today. We're, we're starting a, a brand new series, a message series called Expressions. If you've never been to church before or haven't been here, um, we, have, uh, we usually have several series throughout the year, 10, 12, 13, 14 series throughout the year, where we take four, five, six weeks, whatever it is, to dig into a particular topic, a particular idea. So when I say series, that's what I mean, is like a collection of talks, basically, is what, uh, what that is. Before we get into that, um, there was, uh, I don't know if you know, uh, if anybody cares, today is Super Bowl Sunday. I, don't, you know, not, I know not everybody's a football fan or American football. Um, but uh, here's a cool piece of trivia for you. Today, this year, is the second year in a row that one of the teams playing in the Super Bowl uh, is playing in their home stadium. Okay, it never happened before that. Happened last year, Brady. Uh, we miss him already. Uh, Brady, uh, the Bucks won, and then, and then today the, the, the Rams and the, and the Bengals are playing. And so what I heard as I read this article that they're going to change, change some of the ruling to where they don't want that to happen. They don't want a home team to have advantage like that. So in order, to, in order to make it to where no team can ever play at home in their stadium for a Super Bowl, they're just going to play all of the Super Bowls from the future in, uh, in Dallas. So... Uh, <laughs> Okay, that was for Jason. He wasn't even listening. Don't worry about it. I don't even, I don't even have a problem with the Cowboys, but somebody told me that this week, and I was like, that is gold. Um, okay, all jokes aside. We're, uh, we're starting a brand new message series today, and, and what I want to do is for this first series, okay, is I want, or for this first message in this series, I want to be able to set you up for success in this series, in this particular series, this collection of talks, we're going to dig into some material that you might have not maybe really dug into before, maybe some, some stuff you're unfamiliar with or some things we haven't really explored together. And all of that is okay. It's going to be okay because we're going to do it together. Part of the, part of the, uh, uh, the beauty of this community here at the heart, this church, this organization is we are all about stepping into the mess of life together. What makes us qualified to do all of this is that we're human beings and we're just trying to live our lives. So that's what we're going to step into with all of this. Now, the reason that this series is called Expressions is we are going to take several weeks to dig into a particular verse in the Bible that you might be familiar with. It's Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. You might have heard it called the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And in, in, in several things, and there's so much technical stuff we're going to get into with this, but the first thing I'll tell you is it's not fruits of the Spirit. It's fruit of the Spirit. Singular fruit, as like an apple tree doesn't have different kinds of fruits. It has a fruit. The fruit it produces is apples. And so what we're, what we're going to dig into is, well, what does the fruit of the Spirit look like? 
So before, before we get into anything else, and we're going to look at this over the next several weeks, but I want you to get a glimpse of when I refer to the fruit of the Spirit, here is what I mean. This is Galatians chapter 5. Verses 22 and 23. Now, I'm going to take it out of context and just read these verses to you, and then we'll talk about it over the next, uh, over the next several minutes and over the next several weeks as well. So check this out. Verses 20, 22 and 23. It says, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, Kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Such a small verse with so much juice baked into this. Let's go back to the beginning. Galatians 5, 22. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all of its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues. And it goes on to list several of these expressions. Now, some different translations have one more fruit of the Spirit, and the first one is love instead of joy. Now, I'm not trying to confuse you, uh, but I just want to let you know if you have a Bible that looks different than this, you'll have a different word there. And the reason this particular translation left out the word love at the front is because they were translating. And you know, you got to remember, when it comes to the Bible, this is a 2,000-year-old text. This is an ancient language spoken in an ancient culture. And we are doing our best to look back into the past and understand what they were trying to say. What were they trying to get across? When we read it now, are we reading it through our, our, our 2022 mind? Well, of course we are. So how can we try to understand what these ancient people were trying to get across when they were talking about the things of God? So the reason that... Uh, Galatians 5.22, the reason that they left love out of that, can we throw that up there, Galatians 5.22? The reason that love doesn't need to be the first fruit of the Spirit is because what they are translating this here as, is the fruit of the Spirit is divine love. And here are all of the ways that this divine love is expressed and then it goes to list that fruit. So you might see a translation that has love there, but the reason this one doesn't is, is it's saying all of these are expressions of divine love produced within us by the Holy Spirit. And if you have a hard time wrapping your mind around that, stick around for a couple of weeks because that's what we're going to get into. Okay, now there's one thing, one more thing I want to address. Keep this up here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making making Zelina work for it today. Now, I don't know where you grew up. I don't know what kind of church life you had as a child or a couple of years ago or a couple of weeks ago or last week. I don't know you know how how your parents taught you or how your priest said it. So, I want to be able to to simplify something as much as we can. Because for some people, 
The, word, the words Holy Spirit are weird and mysterious. And Holy Spirit is sometimes used to cover something that we don't quite understand. Holy Spirit is sometimes referred to as, did anybody grow up with a church calling it the Holy Ghost? Is there anything? I mean, that is scary to me. The Holy Ghost doesn't sound very holy. Right? So, so, so this word, this word, these words, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, what I want to do is bring some clarity on what that word is. Now, without giving you a lesson in ancient Hebrew, which I know literally nothing about, if you follow us on uh, the YouVersion Bible Plan, YouVersion is a Bible app you can get on any, any phone, and we have a Bible plan out every week where you can follow along with the, the verses we have and all that, I've put a link to a, a YouTube video that explains kind of what the Holy Spirit is. Now, I'm going to give you the shortest version that I can, okay? Holy Spirit, that particular word, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but it's a Hebrew word, and the word literally means not a ghost. Here's what, I, I think it's, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to try it. Ruach is the Hebrew word. Is that? Yeah, that's it. Bertie speaks Hebrew, so she knows, she knows that that was spot on. That, you know what that word refers to? That word is used. That's not the only time in, that, in this language that that word is used. It is also used when it describes wind. The wind that moves clouds. The wind that rustles the trees. It's also the same word to describe breath. When you take a... <gasps> that... That word is the same. So when these ancient people were trying to describe God's presence on earth, because it was mysterious, you couldn't see it. You didn't see, you, we, we still don't know where, when there's a gust of wind, where did it start? Where does it end? Most of us, many of us, all of us, we don't think about our breath. It's involuntary. It's just there. It just does its thing. But it's that breath in and out that sustains our life. And this breath of life, this spirit of life, this breath of the earth, this wind that moves about, that is what they were calling the Holy Spirit. God's breath. Do you, see, do, you see the, do you see the metaphor they were using? All of this life energy on earth, they would refer to that as the Holy Spirit. That is how they understood and perceived God's presence on earth. So we don't have to be scared or feel cuckoo about the words Holy Spirit because now we can know and understand that what they were trying to express, what they were trying to say, what they were trying to help us understand, the readers of this, is that the life energy of God is what's called the Holy Spirit. Now, 
Now we can read Galatians 5.22 and say, oh, okay, they're talking about not some, not some single spirit like you've seen in movies, not some ghost that's going around doing things. No, it's the life energy that God has put into the earth, into us, into life. Now, I know I've spent quite a bit of time, but I, I, I wanted to make sure as we go on this journey together on the fruit of the Spirit that we are on the same page, that we're walking the same path. So as we dig into these, the first one I want to dig into today is joy. That as we dig into these, we're starting from the same place. Now, when it comes to joy, joy is tricky for me. I don't know if joy is tricky for you. I, 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 you know, with a lot of these, with a lot of these talks that I give, I bring a lot of my baggage with me. Half the time, I'm just like in a therapy session, and you guys are like my free therapy, and I'm just kind of working stuff out here. And then you guys take my issues into your head, and you carry them throughout the week. I don't have them anymore. Now they're your problem. That's the beauty of it. But I've always had a difficult time with the word joy. There was a, there, there's a part of me, and this is, you know, I'll, I'll let you in a little bit. I don't feel, and, I, and you don't have to raise your hand for this, a deep, on deep parts of me, I don't feel like I deserve to be joyful. I don't feel like I deserve joy. What have I done? What have I done to deserve joy? I feel like other people deserve joy. I feel like you deserve joy. But there's some dark part of me that has just always, I just don't, that's not for me. I'll, I'll suffer with whatever life needs to give me, but I don't, I don't deserve that. And that's not like a pity thing. Like, I, I, don't, I don't tell you that so you can feel sorry for me. I just tell you that. That's, the, that's kind of what I bring when I read some of these things. Some of these things I read, and they're hard for me to come up and talk to you all about. But I want to be able to work through this because when it comes to this faith, man, I'm, I'm on a journey just like y'all are. I'm not up here telling you how you need to live your life. I'm up here telling you how I'm working, throughout, working through things in my own life. And maybe we can do that together. So I've always had this issue with joy. More so when in my, you know, after my high school, uh, you know, my, uh, my brashness, my confidence of high school. You know how in high school you're just, you know, you know, you guys know. In high school you're just feeling yourself, you know. You got all the confidence in the world. And then my entitlement wore off and I was, you know, I realized I, I don't really have anything to show for myself. And so I have, and, and, you, and I'm not trying, sorry, this, I'm not trying to make everybody like depressed. Uh, you know, for yourself, it, it might not be like that, right? Maybe you're not like me, and you, you, you don't feel that joy is something you need to deserve or not deserve. You can just be joyful, be happy. Well, good for you, as uh, Olivia would say. Maybe for you, you feel like, okay, well, what do I need to do to be joyful? You ever felt this way? What do I need to do to be happy? I've heard people say this, I just want to be happy. What do I need to do to just be happy? So we, we feel like there's, we can sometimes feel like there's this, uh, this work we need to put in. Okay, well, I know God doesn't want me to be sad. I don't know where it says that. 
I know God doesn't want me to say, God wants me to be joyful. I can find that in the Bible. I can find that God wants me to be joyful. So I'm just going to white knuckle it, and I'm just going to sit here until I feel joy about what's going on. Maybe that's how we grew up. Hey, uh, don't be sad. You have no, no reason to be sad with everything going on in your life. I've been told that before. You have no reason to be upset. You have no reason to have a bad day. You have a job. You have shoes on your feet. You have a car that you can drive. You, if it rains, you can go inside the place where you live and get away from the rain. Half the world doesn't have that. You have no business being sad. You know what that leads to? If we're not careful, that kind of thinking leads to bypassing. Spiritual, we did a series months and months ago called Spiritual Bypass, where we take these, these seemingly innocent, helpful spiritual ideas of God wants us to be joyful, and we use that to say, I can never not be joyful. I can never feel anxious, depressed, sad, angry. I can only feel joy because that's what God wants me to feel, and that's what everybody's telling me I should feel, so I'm going to push away. I'm going to bypass all these feelings I'm really feeling and just force myself to feel joy, force myself to be joyful. So as we dig into this series, I want us to be aware of that. Make sure we're not using these these different expressions of the fruit of the Spirit to bypass what's really going on in our life. Okay, so if joy is not about deserving something, if joy is not about working for something, then when Paul, the author of Galatians, when he says, here are some of the expressions of divine love, one of those is joy. So it seems as though as the more time we spend in relationship, more time we spend in communion with God, the more time we spend with God, it produces, God's divine love in us produces joy. Joy is produced in us. Do you see this? It's not, it's not something that we have to go work for, that we have to get, that we have to wait for. It's produced in us. It is expressed in us. There's this, I found this very, this very interesting verse talking about what it means to, what joy could possibly mean. And it's written by a man named uh, uh, James. Might have been Jacob. But James, we know him as James. He's the half-brother of Jesus. Different dads. I don't know. That's a spoiler alert for you guys. And I want to read James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Check this out. Watch, this is what James has to say about joy. Chapter 1, verse 2. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. That makes zero sense. When you are going through terrible difficulties and your life is the worst, you're at the bottom of the pit, that is good news. 
see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. I don't know. I've had some low, low days. I've had some high days, good days, exciting days, but I've had some low, low ones, and I, I don't know if I've ever been so low that I'm like, man, this is legit. <laughs> I wish it would get lower. I wish no one would answer the text I'm sending. Let's continue. And when, uh, so for, okay, now, he's, gonna, he's not keeping us hanging. He's going to walk through exactly why we should see it as something, as a valuable experience. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. A difficult time will stir up your faith. A difficult time will activate your faith. For the good or the bad, a difficult time does a great job of showing you exactly where your faith is, where your faith stands. And that's not an accusation, it's more of an assessment, right? When our faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being, and perfection doesn't mean perfectionist, like you need to be perfect, that's not what it means. It will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. So a difficult time gives us a chance to grow our faith. And as we grow our faith, our faith gets stronger. And our ability to handle difficult times in the future gets stronger. So to me, it seems as though joy is a perspective. Maybe joy isn't something that you deserve. Maybe joy isn't something that you choose. Maybe joy is a perspective that you and I can have. Because what James is saying here, if we have a perspective that difficult times can be good for us, then it changes what those difficult times will do to us. If our joy is based on what is happening to us, we're in trouble. Because life sometimes is the worst. So if our joy, our happiness, our emotions are based on what is happening to us, then we're going to be on an emotional roller coaster every day, every week, every year, in every relationship. It will be an emotional roller coaster. But if our joy, our happiness is based on our trust for God, then there's not a roller coaster. Now pull this back. Let's pull, let's pull this back. Let's say you're listening to this and you don't believe in God. Okay. This same principle applies to the relationships in your life. If you're, if you're married, if you're parents, if you've been in a long-term friendship, long-term relationship, sometimes that person really just, mm, you know what I mean? Anybody married in here? Sometimes that person 
just like, you know what? Who said you could live here again? You know? Sometimes relationships are incredibly frustrating. Now, if we based our joy of that marriage on whether or not that person made us happy, we're in trouble. Because as soon as they stop making us happy, as though if it's, that's not their job, it's their job. As soon as that person's job, and they're stopped making us happy, guess what? You're fired. I'm going to go find someone else who makes me happy. Man, that's not commitment. That's not relationships. That's not a healthy relationship. That's the same thing we want to do with God. We want to say our, our, our joy, we want to base it on our faith in God. You see, I, I feel like that's what James is saying here is it is our perspective that changes what joy means for us. Now, I want to, uh, if you're taking notes, I want you to write a few things down. Choosing joy will take work on your part. Okay? If you want joy in your life and you say, I'm going to choose joy, that will take work on your part. But if you allow joy to be express, expressed through you, then that is God working in us. Do you see that? Choosing joy will take work on our part. Allowing joy to be expressed is God working in us. It's not about deserving joy, and it's not about choosing joy. It's about allowing joy. When is the last time you allowed joy in your life? When's the last time you allowed joy to be expressed through you? See, these, these, these fruit of the Spirit... These expressions of God's divine love, these are actions for us to take part in. So the fruit of the Spirit, these expressions are not designed for us to just sit at home and say, okay, now I feel joy. Now I feel peace. Now I feel patience. These fruit of the Spirit, they are designed to be expressed through us. God chooses to use us to express his love. And we have a chance to do that by expressing joy. I want you to write this down too. The fruit of the Spirit represents the natural expression of supernatural love. God's supernatural love, his divine love, what he chooses to do is filter that through us in a way that can be expressed through concepts that we can understand. And one of those happens to be joy. Now, I want you to join us over the next several weeks because we're going to dig into patience, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and strength of spirit. And they're going to be challenging it's one thing to say God wants you to have joy. It's another thing to say, are you bringing joy with you to the people around you? Not God wants you to be in a good mood. Are you bringing that good mood and spreading that good mood around? That's what happens when we spend time with God. That's the fruit that is produced. Those are the expressions of God's love. 
So I want to challenge you this week. Where can you bring joy? Not have joy. And I want you to have joy. It's not about forget yourself and only think about others. But it's how can you, how can you have joy and then express that to the people around you? That's something you get to do. You get to do that. How can you bring joy with you this week? I want to pray together for us. If you could close your eyes and, and bow your heads. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this divine love that you have freely given us. Because of your divine love, we are able to express joy to those around us. We're able to express hope to those around us. Thank you for the joy that you give us, that it is not just for us, for the people in our life, the people in our family, the people that we work with, the people that we go to school with. We thank you for this week that we would be able to express the joy that comes from you, that we don't need to create it, we don't need to manufacture it, we just need to let it be produced in us and express it to those around us. We love you and we pray that in your name, amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say, you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Evo Springtown. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.